Okay, today on the podcast, I have Chrissy Helmer, who is up in Vacaville. She's in NorCal, but she's an entrepreneur. She has a business called Eco Chic, where she does holistic living, and she sells organic products, and she also has a podcast called Next Level Living, um, and she is a very bold, courageous voice, and um, you know, I've been listening to her podcast um, a good amount, you know, for the past couple months, and I just really appreciate you, Christine. I'm so glad that uh, you could come on and uh, talk with us a little bit here. Absolutely, yeah. On, and I'm so grateful you said my business the right way because so many people say chick. Oh. They always say, <laughs> or they say the echo chick, and then I'm like, oh lord, no. <laughs> so sure. yes, I'm excited for and sure. grateful to have this conversation with you today. Yeah, great. So I first, um, I first met Chrissy through a, um, a mutual friend of ours, he told me a little bit about what was going on. Apparently, you had spoken out at a school board meeting, and um, and you had a lot of drama about it. So I would actually love for you to kind of share the story with everybody. Yeah, happy to share. So I have always been really involved in my community. I used to be a city commissioner, I used to be part of a small business um, economic development um, program. So I've had a business in my town for 10 years. This is actually truly we are hometown. My husband and I went to high school together, got married right out of high school. We were heavily involved in the call with Lou Engel and all of that in the year 2000 up when it kind of took a break. And so I say that to say we are rooted here. This is our town. I take authority and responsibility for this region and for this city. We've sown into this area forever. You know, our oldest has graduated high school here, truly plugged in and deeply rooted. So I love this area. And, um, you know, I've spoken up at city council meetings, um, board meetings before. If I can't show up, I'll always send them emails on the important topics. You know, 2020 was this craziness of everything shutting down. We're losing our, our rights. You know, um, I have three kids, even though I homeschool, I still care about other children and wanting them to be in school. We are in an area where our statistics for the virus are 0.00001, like not even wow. 1%. Wow. Yeah. Not even a full percent. There's no reason our schools should be closed. So I had had some of the school board people that are my friends say, hey, we really need some strong voices to come. And, and you know, when people are controlled by money or power or they have contracts with certain people, they're not allowed to speak up, right? Because you, it's this political spirit, like, oh, I can't say this because of this. And I have nothing to lose because I'm not on anything on purpose in this year because I didn't want to... It's not responsible or accountable, but, oh, I can't say that because of this tie. I can't go to the school board meeting because of this tie. I run my own business. I run my own podcast. Yes, I'm submitted and accountable to people, but I had stepped off of almost every leadership team in 2020, not knowing this was coming, but hmm. so grateful because I can say what I want <laughs> and yeah. I'll be responsible for it, but I didn't have to get pulled into the you know, we gave you money for your business. You can't say that. Hey, you teach at this thing. We can't have you do that. I've been in those situations a lot of times. Okay. And so it's really like God set me up in 2020 to not have any ties of that nature, to not bring harm to certain ministries or certain deals, if that makes sense. Sure. So 
um, you know, they said, we need you to be strong. We need you to be loud. This was our meeting about, are they going to open the schools? They had taken a survey of all the parents in the area and over 60% said, I would send my kid to school tomorrow. So we already have the statistics. You already asked the parents. We already have the 0.00, you know, not even 1% affecting our area. And so here's where I will be completely transparent and honest with what I had to say. Um, I did not go with a script. I did not go with a plan. I actually almost didn't go to the meeting there and they said, Hey, they're only taking two more people. You know, they're not letting people in. They're not. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'll see if I get in. And I was the last person to get in, um, to be able to speak. And so I'm looking back on it. I'm like, Oh Lord, you know, I probably could have done a little better. I probably could have wrote something out or been a little more prepared, but I still feel like whatever happened was supposed to happen. So, um, you know, I get up and I speak at the meeting. I talk about concerning, you know, kids with depression and addiction and suicide, and we can't just focus on this number and not those numbers. And, mm-hmm. you know, I said a very controversial statement, which was don't China my America and don't China our children's schools. Mm-hmm. And um, that was taken and cancel culture came and said, this business owner is a racist. This business owner is against Asians. This, this business owner is anti-Asian community. Um, just turned into this giant cancel culture um, thing and where yeah. if you lived within two hours, you knew that I said this. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of the backdrop and then what kind of happened, which there's so much more around that. But yeah. 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 That, that, you know, I, I totally understand. Okay. I totally understand. So for me, I've had a, a number of experiences. You know, we have about 2,000 reviews on this podcast now. Yeah. And um, I think over 90% of them are, you know, accusing me of being racist in some fashion or another, which is... It's the thing, yeah. Yeah, which is amazing. And this mm-hmm. is all, you know, this is all from this critical race theory where essentially if, you know, if you can be perceived as white, because I'm not even white, right? I'm half white. I'm mm-hmm. really mixed, mixed mm-hmm. race. Yeah. But if you can be perceived as white... And saying things that question the orthodoxy of this, you know, critical theory stuff. I mean, immediately you're going to get branded as racist. So, you know, this is what they did to Trump a lot, right? They took anything that could be interpreted in the worst possible way. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're going to trumpet that way of interpreting it. And so mm-hmm. let me just ask you, Chrissy, do you, do you have problems with Asians? Do you hate Asians? Do you dislike them? Do you have a bad experience with any Asians? guessing no so and it's as people say look when we talk about when we say things that come off negative the ccp we're not talking about the precious people of asia china at all you know one of my um son's best friends was a um student from china so he was here as an international student spent tons of time at my house and we had these conversations and actually after that happened i even spoke to him about it and said oh my gosh, the whole community is coming for me. Do they not understand that I meant like the CCP and that we don't 
communism in our schools. And isn't that like people say, you know, don't California, my Texas, you know, don't California, my Nashville, like what? And yes, the average person gets it. So many people were like, I knew what you meant. I knew what you meant, but people take anything right to try to blow it out of proportion and boycott my business and boycott my podcast. And I mean, man, they blew up my podcast with the reviews and blew up my store with this is a racist, whatever. And here's the problem what I said, they just took people at face value because then my local newspaper wrote an article about it. Local business owner, you know, racist against the Asian community, you know, la la la. And instead of people looking into it, They were just like, oh, my gosh, we'll just believe it. Right. Just like with Trump. How many times have they said, oh, Trump said this, but it's not what he said or that's not how he said it. And it's out of context. And now do I believe I could have been a little more considering cancel culture? Probably so. I I mean, yeah, but look, the idea that all of us are going to be able to be, you know, like Obama, like perfectly you know, calculated in everything we say, like that's, that's just a ridiculous standard. That's a ridiculous standard. And they're always going to be able to find some way of twisting what we're doing. And the problem here is like, they're being intentionally dishonest. They're being intentionally dishonest. I understand that, you know, when you believe in this critical theory thing, you actually believe that every white person is racist to some degree. Right. You believe it. So now what you're doing is you're looking for evidence of that racism wherever you could find it. And anything Mm -hmm. that's why you get to this place where anything that could be interpreted in that way now Mm -hmm. must be interpreted in that way because they're Mm -hmm. they're trying to hide their racism. And it's your job to find it. (laughs) Right. That's really what it is. And so, Chrissy, I just want to say I I don't think you did anything wrong. You did nothing wrong. Not one thing. Okay. What you did there was, I thought, really brave and really important because this is this is what happens all the time. I see people try and speak out on mm-hmm. social media, right? Mm-hmm. For most people, that's their only platform that they have to speak right. out. And I see them try and speak out, and what happens is there's an avalanche of their leftist friends who come after them mm-hmm. and interpret them in the worst possible way, accuse mm-hmm. them of bad motivations, all this kind of stuff. And what I see right. with a lot of people is they naturally, have, at that point, they just pull back, right? They go, it's oh, I'm true. sorry, or they or they spend all their time defending themselves, mm-hmm. right? Oh, like, no, I'm not racist. Here's all the reasons why. And yeah. and all of that is you're, you're playing into the game, right? It's all of true. that, you're playing into it. You just have to come back and be like, hey, no, you're a jerk. <laughs> for interpreting it like this. You have yeah. no evidence that that's, that's what I mean. And yeah. what we need to do is get louder. And that's, Chrissy, that's one thing I really appreciate about you is that you, you're incredibly bold and courageous. And I've been saying for a while, I feel like courage is the strength for the hour that we're living in right now. Right? I fully agree. Like President Trump, okay, we all understand the dude has some moral, has had moral problems in his life. Totally. Okay? I don't know a single... Christian leader that says, yeah. oh no, he's he's amazing, he's never sinned, yeah. right? We all right. understand the dude's got flaws. But what he has is he has this incredible courage and this boldness to stand against all of that opposition and not back down. And um, that's why I appreciate, I appreciated him so much. And also, yeah. it's why I appreciate you so much and what you're doing. Um, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about is God has really put on my heart that women he's calling forth women leaders Mm -hmm. and i've been burdened by this several times in the place of prayer 
And um, I feel like what God has spoken to me is that he's calling forth many women leaders in this generation. And mm-hmm. I feel like a, a huge part of their leadership will be for the body, but mm-hmm. outside of the church. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, let me let me clarify something real quick before I go on, because I am a pastor um, and I do believe that women, that wives are called to be obedient in submission to their husbands. All right. Mm-hmm. But I always mm-hmm. make a distinction between headship and leadership. And this is something that my spiritual father taught me. He is a mm-hmm. tremendous leader and a, 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 like he's an amazing leader. And he mm-hmm. is always the first one to say, my wife is a much stronger leader than I am. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. he's, whenever he talks about it, he's talking about his wife and how strong of a leader is. And mm-hmm. he, he clarifies that in their marriage, she's under submission to him, but mm-hmm. his job as uh, uh, as a right head is to empower her leadership. Right. Right. And that I think is, is such an important dynamic because I know working with so many women that mm-hmm. so many of them, um, especially the ones that really have leadership, that have mm-hmm. strong natural leaders, mm-hmm. um, for many of them, they have, they have pain, they have hurt, they have yeah. confusion yeah. times. They've been, you know, especially in the Asian culture, it's a, it's, it's even worse. All right. It's like, if you try and, you know, lead yeah. when it's not appreciated or, or feels threatened to somebody, they'll give yeah. you a pretty harsh smackdown. And that's right. happened, I know, to lots of women. So I just want to give you an opportunity. Could you share yeah. something for our, our sisters who are out there that are in this place, encourage yeah. them? Cause I, I feel like I look at you. I look at Bevlin Beatty. I look mm-hmm. at some of these women that God is raising up yeah. and I'm so encouraged by your guys' yeah. example. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of Bev, I actually had Bev on my podcast and Bev is, um, I want to address this, but I, I feel this conviction to share something going back to my cancel culture situation. The thing I would say that I did and that I continue to do is I never bowed. I didn't apologize. I didn't retract statements and I didn't stop. It actually made me bolder and I've continued to post the things, say the things and, you know, the things that get you in trouble. And I'll say, I called Bev actually within a few days of that happening. And I said, Hey girl, this is what's going on. I know you've been through it. And she said the most simplest thing to me. She said, Chrissy. And you know, she talks so intense and she's, you listen to me right now. You don't apologize. You don't bow. You don't give anything to the mob and you keep going. And that's all you're going to do. And I was like, Okay. You know, like, and so I also gave it no attention. I never defended myself. You know, it was all over groups and pages and, um, Reddit and, you know, people made Instagram pages of me and, you know, Mm -hmm. I just let it all go. I just continued to do what I did. I didn't apologize. Didn't, um, stop speaking up. And so I just feel that's really important because I believe it's a spirit that wants prophetic anointed voices to bow, to cower, to retract. And I, I'm telling you, I've seen it and it actually makes it worse. It makes it worse because it'll never be good enough for the mob. What you say, how you apologize, the, the flag you fly. And it's the same thing in our business. We have not compromised. We have not stood down. And a gentleman last week that said, Hey, I've been watching your journey as a business owner, as a Christian leader. And I want to tell you that I think the reason you're doing so well. And I think the reason this, this, this is because you've never bowed. I've never seen you apologize. I've never seen you cater to the mob. And it's basically made them go away. 
because they see, oh, this girl's not going to do what we want. She's not going to sing our song. She's not going to do our dance. So I just want to encourage others yeah. with that, that that is something you can happens to you. Yes. Um, That's so a great point. Yeah. Just really wanted to share that. You know, it, it you know, this terminology, I'm not sure how many people are familiar with this terminology. We call it the spirit of Jezebel, right? Spirit mm -hmm. of control mm -hmm. or manipulation, yeah. right? Yeah. And the idea is that this spirit is going to try and intimidate you and scare you and anything to control you, to get you to do what it wants. Mm -hmm. And the nature of how this spirit works is um, it, can, it, can, it can come really scary, right? So mm -hmm. men can operate out of the spirit of Jezebel, right? It happens all the For time, sure. right? Where yep. they're just really trying to intimidate you, like can physically mm -hmm. try and intimidate you, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then you can go the other hand, other, the other route, and you can get really flattering sometimes, that type of manipulation. So there's yep. all various types of manipulation, but the, the rule of thumb is the same for how you deal with the spirit. Right. You have to tell it no. No is the key word. I'm not mm -hmm. going to do what you want. Right. right, and usually what will happen is when you do that, that it actually gets more intense for a while because you know this is the same thing. If you if you have a controlling relationship, and this yeah. could be any relationship in your life, it could be your pastor, yeah. it could be your spouse, it could be your children, even right. Right, if if you tell your chill, if you tell your child no, what generally tends to happen? Well, they're going <laughs> to yeah. throw a little bit of a tantrum, right? right? And if you give into that, what you're doing is you're teaching them that that's how they need to get what they want. They have to start mm -hmm. throwing more tantrums and those tantrums will get worse and worse and worse. Yeah. But if, if you put your foot down mm -hmm. and then you follow it up, you know, when you're with it, when you're parenting a child and you know, cause if they throw a tantrum, I always yeah. try and discern with my children, okay, are they expressing sadness and sorrow mm -hmm. or are they expressing anger and mm -hmm. a, a, are they trying to manipulate me through that anger? If it's the anger and the manipulation, then I discipline it. And that's yeah. really important because it, it kills that type of behavior. If yeah. you give into it, it makes it worse. And what we have is we have a culture now that has yeah. been trained to throw tantrums all the time. And that's right. why they don't understand when you have somebody who won't give in, they hate mm -hmm. those people, right? And they say, like, these are the real white supremacists, these people, <laughs> yeah. you know, that we can't control. Right. But that's how the, the only way that we deal with this thing is we say, no, we're not giving in. We're not mm -hmm. backing down. Mm -hmm. And I just got to say, for you, for you people who are constantly apologizing all the time, do you understand you're making it worse? Mm -hmm. You're adding to all this stuff. When you give into that stuff and you let them silence you and they let right. you let them intimidate you, yeah. understand not only are they now shutting down your voice, but now they're mm -hmm. being encouraged to try and shut down many, many more. And we're seeing that all over the nation today, right yeah. now. Mm -hmm. It's very true. And I do believe it is spiritual first and foremost. And I also believe it may be some voices have been elevated before those voices have been tested. And I think, you know, I've been through a lot of fires before all of this intercessor leader. And I don't know that if I would have been able to handle it at the level I've been able to, right? But I'm like, yeah, I've dealt with Jezebel's. I've de dealt with these spirits, you know? And I think even as simple as when a spirit of control, a spirit of Jezebel tries to come, yes, we don't bow. We don't give in. We don't apologize. You stay strong and you stay loud. You keep putting truth out there, no matter what the cost is. But you also say, I take that spirit of control and I send it back to them. It's not back. I send it back. I send that control back to them in Jesus name. So 
cutting that yeah. off and sending yeah. it back to them. And yeah, do we get people praying and, and you want prayers over your business and your family? And I would say that was the hardest thing of it is it did affect my children. And that's a whole nother ball game. You know, yeah. people saying, oh, your mom said this. Oh, your mom's a racist. Or that's a whole nother ball game. Okay. That, that can get really tricky in this cancel culture um, that we live in. And so you are 100% spot on, but this is why they do hate Trump and they hate anyone like him because he would never bow. He would never apologize. He would just on to the next one, on to the next one, on to the next one. And it's truth. People get offended and triggered by the truth. If it wasn't the truth, they wouldn't get so upset. And there's also just that deception and conniving and manipulating and taking something you say and, and twisting it like, you know, not wanting communism and most people should support that. But now that's turned into you're a racist and you're right. anti-Asian and you're just like, guys, really? Like right. the, it's it's so deceiving. But this culture also, they don't verify. They don't go look and see, oh, does this person have a history of racism? Oh, does this business, if they just did a little bit of research, they could get the truth. But that's not happening, which is why we're also in this culture yeah, well, they're, they don't they don't care about that, to be honest, because they, they're being trained, they're being educated to believe that every everyone is racist. Mm -hmm. That's that is the belief. Look, it's Marxist at its core. All right. You have your tribe that yeah. they're the enemy tribe. And, right. you know, the only question is who's in power and the ones in power are always going to oppress the ones out of power. This is the whole right. Marxist worldview, which is which is what critical theory is all about. So they're never yeah. you can't be exonerated under the system. There's no exoneration. The only question mm -hmm. is where they can see the racism and how they can call it out to all of their tribe to band their tribe together. It's very tribal, it's always divisive, and it naturally, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's, it foments division. So one mm -hmm. thing, you know, I appreciate about you is what I don't sense from you is I don't sense like this great bitterness, right? Or like this unforgiveness or mm -hmm. like, you know, hatred, you know, because that's the danger. That's the, the way this Marxism thing works mm -hmm. is it, 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 it separates everybody into warring tribes or classes and it foments that type of anger, resentment, unforgiveness, yeah. bitterness, and that's yeah. why it always leads to this crazy conflict everywhere. But the <laughs> antidote to that really is Christianity. Christianity is the antidote because we are con we refuse to hold on to offense. We refuse Absolutely. to hold on to unforgiveness. We're going to forgive those who wrong us. We're going to love right. our enemies, and we're going to speak yeah. the truth in love, and yeah. we're not going to back down. That's and, right. Um, I, I love I love that. I love that when I yeah. listen to you speak, I'm not hearing like this, you know, really angry. And, and Bevelyn, too, because she's uh, she's ferocious. Yeah. Right. She is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, but she's I, I don't hear like this real yeah. bitterness and or anything yeah. like that, which is which is yeah. phenomenal. It's so great. we can't afford that in oh, this yeah. in this time we've got some work to do and that's yeah. where i i just also don't take it personal because i know that it's a spirit of deception and i actually and i see these people as deceived i see them as caught up in marxism and, and deception and yeah. so i'm just like man jesus we got to have an awakening for these people and i do just quickly like you know what i bless and i forgive them i release that offense i release these people to encounter jesus and we just don't have margin to take that in and so i truly yeah is it difficult when it's like teachers in this community and customers of mine that literally said i'll never shop at your 
your statement and, you know, you've known them five years and I just think, wow, that's wild. You know, those might sting a little bit, but even still, I'm like, I forgive and bless all. All means all. I forgive and bless all who have wounded, offended, whatever that looks like, because I have to keep moving forward. And so yeah. truly just praying quick blessing, renounce any unforgiveness, renounce any offense, any wounding like that is has no place in my life, in my business. And I would have to tell my children to those that want to defend me, my staff, my I'd say, guys, just bless and forgive. It's just part of it. You know, we got to move on. We're on higher ground. We're not on that level. We cannot give attention or energy to that spirit. We just have to see it as upgrade. We have to see it as advancement. We have to see it as we're slaying devils. And so bless and forgive just by, you know, yeah. move on. So yeah. I just think you have to keep it super simple like that because awesome. mm -hmm. there's no room for that. Yeah. Other and, things to do, you know? Yeah. And that's what keeps you, you know, filled with joy and peace in the midst of all of it. Like if yeah. you let the offense get in your heart and not mm -hmm. deal with it, you're going to be miserable, right? For you're sure. going to be miserable. And that's, and yeah. to be honest, a lot of, I know a lot of people that hate me, I know how miserable <laughs> they are because I can hear totally. the offense. And I know what happens when you yeah. let offense stay in your heart. You get tormented by it. For and sure. So I just want to encourage people who are out there and you're facing, you know, maybe you've been fired, maybe you've been canceled, or maybe mm -hmm. you've been, you know, just, you know, had a torrent of angry people on your social media and stuff like that. Forgive all yeah. those people. Don't, mm -hmm. don't let any of their words right yeah. stay in your spirit right or mm -hmm. stay in your heart because the, the nature of a good accusation is a lot of times there, there can be elements of truth to it all right, right. That's, that's what makes an, an, an accusation a really good one is right. you can, if you can get a little bit of truth and then add all of this you know shame mm -hmm. to it and all mm -hmm. of this you know condemnation and all that kind of stuff then you'll yeah. get you'll get you'll be tormented by some of these accusations um the truth mm -hmm. one of one of the things that i was taught is if, if you have an accusation that goes in, right, what's really good is try and see if there are any areas of truth to that, right? Mm -hmm. Try and analyze it. Okay, was there anything? Because this, this thing keeps bothering me. What this person mm -hmm. said keeps bothering me. Yeah. Try and see if there's any element of truth and then do your personal repentance to the Lord yeah. for that. And then brush off all the other stuff because that's that's mm -hmm. why it'll be a little bit of truth sometimes, and then a torrent of all the other yeah. stuff that comes along with it, and that's why um, it's you know it's so damaging. That's why when people say yeah. you know accuse you of saying don't yeah. China my America, could you put yeah. that better? Yeah, all of us could have put it better than how we <laughs> spoke in the spur of the moment at school board meeting. You know, right. like there's not one person that pegged it on their first yeah. try, you know? Yeah. Of, yeah. of course you could have said that better. Every, everyone could have, but that all the accusation and everything came on. None of that is true. Right. None of that's right. true. Okay. And I do think that people also need to learn to not feed it because you can feed offense. You can feed the spirit. And one of the ways people do that is answering everyone. I mean, my DMS were blown up. My emails were blown up. And I just was like, delete, block, delete, block, delete, yeah. block, delete, block, delete, block, you know, and you just leave it at that. And that yeah. saves you so much time and energy because these people are committed to misunderstand you. They're not yes. looking to have a real conversation. Yes. You know, now if it, community that I've known and they called me and, and truly said, Hey, I heard what you said. Can you explain your heart? Can we talk about this? I would 100% have that conversation, right. right. And a biblical, totally respect that. But, um, that's yeah. not what people do. You yeah. know, they just want to DM and tag you. And, and so even in that, Nope, I give it nothing. Block, 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 delete, 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 delete. Yeah. I'm not, that doesn't get my attention. I'm going to yeah. focus over here to the people that get it to the 
part of the movement. We're not yes. going to give attention to this. And so I yeah. think that's the other part of it. So yeah, that's you know, wisdom, right? Like, mm -hmm. and, and that's where I find people get caught up because mm -hmm. you give the enemy physical or spiritual oxygen when you give it attention. Yeah. And so you have to take its oxygen away. You don't give it attention. That's only going to be gasoline for another message, another email. And so you have to just cut it off right. and say, I am not engaging in any spirit of Jezebel. I'm not engaging. Now, again, if it was some, somebody you're in relationship with, they want to have a Matthew conversation, biblical confrontation. That's a different story. You know, yes. I believe in that. And I will say, even in my own community, I've taught at a ministry school here for 15 years. And I will say that all of my students from the past, because that generation is pretty deceived and all about the um, critical theory, it's pretty sad and disappointing. Um, they all jumped on board. I can't believe you were my teacher. You know, I Wow. Yeah, it was wild. And I thought, what in the world? Not one of my students wanted to at least have a conversation like, hey, I know you were my teacher and I know da da da. Can we talk about this? Because what did you mean by that? Nope. Not one of them. They all that is just, so disappointing. Isn't it? They all just jumped on the cancel culture, tagging me. Oh, this person should never be allowed to teach at this school again. I can't, I'm so ashamed that I go to the same church as this person. I'm so embarrassed. This person, blah, blah, blah. So Christian culture also has got issues. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, look, this is a huge part of what you know we talk about on this podcast a good amount yeah. is how ill-prepared so much of the churches for this moment like i'm you know yeah i i don't know how it is in other parts you know we all have our church bubbles right so right. where i'm at i'm dealing with a lot of asian american churches here in california yeah um there's all these different parts of the church in my part of the church i would say most of the people my age or younger are you know they probably lean left on most things right mm -hmm. and um i don't think that's unusual right now right. because of where we're at um, but it's just, it's very sad to me the church cannot discern some of these things because um, it, it seems fairly clear to me at this point how different they are from biblical values. And what I tend to find, Chrissy, yeah. is I tend to find that, um, you know, older people tend to lean more conservative, right? Especially older pastors and Christians mm -hmm. for the most mm -hmm. part. Yeah. But if they lean conservative, what they want to do is they want to say, hey, we're just not going to get into things like politics. We're not going to touch any of this kind of stuff. We're going right. to stay out of those controversies. And so if you lean right as a leader, you tend to stay out of it. But if you mm -hmm. lean left, you're almost all in on the progressive side because now you've redefined, you know, justice and oppression according yeah. to, you know, social justice, woke ideology. Right? right. And so that's what's happening where the potential allies in, in who are more conservative, they tend to be quiet. And, hey, you shouldn't talk about it. And right. the people on more left, they're like, hey, you're an enemy and you're a racist. <laughs> right. So it just seems like there's so few there's mm -hmm. so few right now who mm -hmm. are able to really speak forcefully, and mm -hmm. I appreciate all of those people that are speaking big on this. I mean, I would yeah. say that, you know, I've been speaking out about the narrative of systemic racism for many years now, but mm -hmm. I would say it's only here now in, in maybe last year, 2020, that a lot of national leaders started to really address this in a major way. So in December, right. we had the presidents of the Southern Baptist Convention Seminary, mm -hmm. six of them. They all came out and, con and condemned critical race theory. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, thank God. Thank God. It's about time. Like, this, mm -hmm. do you understand how many mm -hmm. people have been brainwashed by this thing for the past 20 years? 
It's being yeah. taught. It's taken over the universities. It's mm-hmm. in most of the seminaries now at this point, pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're going to speak about it. Thank God. It's about yeah. time. And that's yeah. only a handful. So we have a handful of leaders speaking out of this about mm-hmm. this. But the vast majority that I know are, are either not, they refuse to say anything, or right. they're more you know, they're more open to it. They agree with it. Yeah. And I think it's just, they don't understand it. I think if they really delved into it and they listened to a few Vody Bachman, you know, teachings on it. And again, even with Vody, there's no one I hundred percent agree with. So just because I might love Vody's stance, I got his book sitting right here. It doesn't mean I 100% agree with everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I just always like to get that straight, but you know, I think if people just learned a little bit, they might be like, wait, hold up a second. Or if they just watched, um, agenda grinding America down part one and part two, it's all Christian based. And it's basically about communism, transhumanism, uh, Marxism, and socialism entering the church, entering the college. Oh, interesting. So they've brought us from there to here, like from the fifties to now oh, wow. and, and how they've done things by decade, this decade, what did they accomplish this decade? Now I will say, if you watch it, you're going to be like, okay, is Jesus coming back? Because this doesn't seem very hopeful. We seem pretty screwed at this <laughs> sure. point, right? <laughs> You know, they've done a lot of damage while we were doing what singing Kumbaya. I don't know. So, um, but it's really informative to see the plan. And, and I think for people that don't think that it's deeper 20 issue, because we've got to be in the know. And I think that's why it's so disheartening when you've seen certain pastors or leaders, either a remain silent or B go along with it. And you're thinking, do we read the same Bible? Do we listen to the same Holy spirit? Because, Uh, no, like even when it comes to freedoms, you know, and people saying like, oh, well, you know, the constitution has nothing to do with the Bible. Well, you wouldn't even have your church in America if it wasn't for the constitution. So, um, so that's, that's a whole nother thing, but I'm so deeply grateful for those that get it and are sharing the truth on it. I think some people are seeing over the last year, like, wait a second, hold on. Maybe it's not what we thought. Um, and I do think some of them have good hearts. I think For some sure. of them have yeah. very pastoral. They want to protect. They want people to heal. And I get that. But there's still deception around Absolutely. that. And I think yeah. if they would just dig in. And and some of them, I think, are just very and want likes and want comments and want to look like a cool pastor or a cool, you know, influencer. And I think that's disgusting. So (laughs) (laughs) I will literally unfollow and block that in five seconds because I'm like, you can just tell, you know, that it's just for the likes and the accolades and, you know, using race and using what's going on in culture to sell something or to grow up a page, I just think is gross. And I I think it's an embarrassment for the or any yeah. type of business or leader or whatever that is, because um, it also screams insecurity and deception as, as while we're at it. So, you know, something I want to address about the women's thing, because I haven't forgot about that. Yeah. And I think it's really important is, you know, feminism is on the rise, right? Again, we have this new movement of feminism. I'm 100% against feminism. And I love, I've been married 20 years this year. I would not do what I do or be who I am without my husband. My husband is a confident, supportive, um, you know, empowers me to do what I do. And, you know, we're different. He is quiet and private and I am loud and get us in trouble. And, you know, he's much, he's pastoral and I'm prophetic and, but it works. Okay. But I would not 
do what I do or have the covering I have without that biblical model of marriage and leadership. And I do submit to my husband. So I always like to get that straight as much as I am strong. Um, my husband has the first. So, um, so, but feminism is on the rise, which I don't support. That's a whole nother Marxism, feminism, all these isms that are just infiltrating and the breakdown of masculinity and all of that. But I think a lot of feminism, the top movement of women that are moving to feminism are actually ex-Christian women or Christian women. Why? Because they're rejected by the church. They're rejected by pastors. They're kicked off leadership teams. They're told, I'll share. I was in a leadership meeting, church leadership meeting, planning a women's conference, mega church, 8,000 people, blah, blah, blah. And we were bringing up speakers for our conference. And I had suggested in this meeting myself and another uh, one of our women leaders, and it was a moment of quiet. And one of the pastors looked up and said, uh, no, that's not happening. Like, neither of you will be speaking at any of our conferences, you know, until you've spoke or, or something crazy. And I was like, huh, really? Okay. That's cool. Now, am I bitter? Do I have an offense? Did I leave the church? No but I'm just telling you my experience and that there's other women that wouldn't stay. There's other women that wouldn't know how to process that. And that is one example of 10,000 in my lifetime. Um, and that other women. And so I have people that I was in close relationship with that have left and now they're new age and feminist cause they're ex and it's embraced in feminism to be a leader. It's right. embraced in feminism to be free and to have a voice and to be in your gifting and to be in your power. But over here in the church, we've said, sit down, be quiet. It's not your place. And now am I saying that a woman should be president or a woman should be the head pastor? I have feelings on that. I, I do believe in the authority of, of man and, and order and all of that. And so... I'm pushing here. But what I'm saying is there is a place for women in the body of Christ. Absolutely. There is a place for women in the marketplace. There is a place for women in culture, every mountain of society. And again, does there need to be accountability? Does there need to be submission? Yes, all of that. And it can be done well, but it's unfortunate because I think the church has shut down so many women. And there's this deception that either you need to be, you're only successful if you're a stay home homeschool mom. Now, and are women called to that? 100%. But to say that's all, to say that's the only place success lies is deception. And if you really look at a Proverbs 31 woman, she was an entrepreneur and a mother. She right. was an inventor, a creator, a maker, and a wife, right? And so right. that people brush that to the side. So I think, yes, the church definitely has been a part of wounding women. Um, now, some women that I think have been maybe too aggressive or too forceful or haven't gone about it the right way. Sure. Totally. You know, and, and I think that can be in check as well. Yeah. Well, that's just but people. No. That's totally. just people. I know, I know way more male elders. Okay. <laughs> that have been like that. All right. Like that, that's, yeah. that's all the time. People don't, the people resent discipline. Right. So that's it's true. Yeah. It's that's true. Just men and women. And I've, I've been there. Okay, I've been yeah. in places where I'm like, gosh, I feel like I could lead this way better, and I can't right now. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you resent it a little bit, but I would yeah. simply just say this: that um, look, the the problem with one of the big problems with the way the church is right now is 
we don't have a we, we have a system set up where a handful of people do all the ministry and everyone mm-hmm. watches them. Mm-hmm. Like that is how we do church right now. And yeah. I I just feel like it's it's the model is backwards. The purpose of the church organization is to build up the people so right. that people can minister effectively. This is Ephesians 4. God gave yeah. apostles, pastors, you know, prophets, evangelists, teachers, right, for the equipping of the saints, for the equipping right. of the saints so they can do the work of ministry to build up the body until we become yeah. as mature as him who is the head, who is Christ. Yeah. So this yeah. is the, the picture that we're seeing. And I would just simply say this. Many church leaders, and, and I say this because this was me, all right? Mm-hmm. Many church leaders, the only vision we have is to build a larger church. And so what you really need is you need followers. That's what you're yeah. looking for. You want yeah. all these followers. You don't really see an important place for leaders. And in fact, mm-hmm. leaders can get in the way because they ha- tend to have vision and things they want to do that are different than your vision. And I right. understand if you're operating a church, like a, a church vision, yeah. then what happens is the true leaders are always threatening you. And yeah, you got to kick those people out when they, when they start influencing people away from what you're trying to build, which is a large crowd essentially right. to watch yeah. you minister. <laughs> and I, I'm so hopeful that we're in a time where God is turning this model upside down because I'll tell you what I see right now. I feel like we need leaders that can do their leadership outside the church. Absolutely. What you're doing, you're doing, you're an entrepreneur, you're doing a podcast. I'm assuming your pastor didn't come up to you and say, Hey, Chrissy, we really need you to like do this podcast and to start (laughs) this business. Right. Right. I'm assuming that you just like, Hey, I just have a burden for this. I'm going to step out and do it. And I just want to say as a pastor, I feel like what you're doing is exactly what we need the church to be doing, which is being the salt and the light to the nation, right? Mm-hmm. To influence the nation for righteousness. Mm-hmm. And the truth is this, like you're doing it in a way that I can't, like I'm trying to step out and do this podcast. You've been doing a yeah. podcast for what, three years or something at this point, four, four years yeah. now, <laughs> right? I feel like a total newbie trying to do this and I don't yeah. feel like I know what I'm doing. But I just want to say I appreciate you so much stepping out and leading. And you're going to school board meetings and you're doing all this stuff. I'm like, God, I wish that we had, you know, a couple hundred Christians, right, in in every city. It was doing what you're doing. And we wouldn't be in this mess that we're in right now as a nation where Mm -hmm. we've got, you know, in our grandparents' generation, 80% or something went to church regularly. Now it's 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 well below 20%, right? It's well below 20%. And yeah. it's getting worse. I don't know what's going to be after this whole lockdown thing ends and people are, you know, are, are going back to church in mass again. Right, right. It might be a lot lower now. So I'll just say yeah. this. We are at this place where we've got to make a decision as a church. Are we going to right. fight for the kingdom and are yeah. we going to mobilize right. the body of the Christ and right. not, not make their whole Christianity about having a nice personal walk with Jesus where right. you don't actually influence anyone for righteousness. You don't actually you know, contend for the nation or your city or your school or anything. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think that's where we have to look back on. We don't want to be about a big church, building a big church. We want to build big people, right? Success is building big people, not big churches. And, you know, there's seven mountains of society. The church is only one of them. I am going to give accolades and praise godless world. You know why? Because they infiltrated. They infiltrated the education system. They infiltrated politics. They infiltrated creativity and Hollywood. And we didn't. 
we didn't infiltrate. I think, again, is there a place for the church and is there a place for church ministry and all of that? But that's this piece of the pie. When we have all of society, we need social workers, we need public school teachers, we need entrepreneurs, we need writers, we need authors, we need creators, inventors. We need these people that are infiltrating. And what has happened is the extreme left They've done that really well. They have evangelized the mountains and said, let's get an HTV. Let's normalize this. Let's normalize abortion. Let's normalize divorce. We'll start with the children's shows. You know, we'll get into the public school system. And this is where, again, we need the church. It can't be secular and sacred. You know, you look in your life. Daniel served Nebuchadnezzar, Joseph, Pharaoh, like we need to have the Daniels and the Josephs and the Esthers that are saying, you know what, I'm in here infiltrating and I have a place even in marketplace ministry or whatever that looks like. And I think somewhere along the lines, there was a lie put out over Christians that working in the church or doing church ministry was holier than having a business. It was holier. It was more sacred than working. And that is a lie. And that is where we have gone wrong because it, whatever you're called to is what's sacred. If you are called to the medical field, you are called to politics, you are called to business. That's what's sacred because God has called you and you have authority and anointing and favor in your assignment. And too many doctors have become pastors and too many lawyers have become pastors. And again, love pastors. We need them. People are called to it, but it's only one of the seven mountains. We have to start how do we invade? How do we infiltrate? How do we turn this around? We need people on city council, on school board, on these different mountains of society, but you got to have a backbone to do that. And I think some people just know they're too weak for the world. And so they want to hide in church and be like, well, this is where I'm popular and this is where it's safe. And this is where I'm not going to get canceled. And I think we have to grow up and get over that and, and get people that are strong. I think and I believe courage is the currency of this hour of history and we need to spend it well and we need to get out in the world and say, okay, I'm going to be canceled. Okay, I may lose these things, but also how about set yourself up to where you're not tied to those things so you can be bolder, you can be more courageous, you can take more of a stand and realize cancel culture doesn't actually work. We broke our sales record the month that cancel culture came for me. Nice. So <laughs> that's amazing. That's awesome. You know, yeah. so that's kind of how that works out, you know, and I think that's a testimony to that because people want to support people with a backbone. Yeah. Literally people come into our store and say, Hey, I'm here because I saw people talk really mean about you and say this, 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 this. And I thought, wow, that's a business I'm going to support. <laughs> yeah. So that's really what happens yeah, is people great. will end up supporting you. And, but I think again, we have to start looking at culture so many years, my husband actually, we used to do youth ministry and he used to be a youth pastor and he, he now works in, you know, Silicon Valley construction, big corporate type of stuff. And when people say like, Oh, does he miss pastoring or whatever that is? And I'm like, he is a pastor. He has X amount of employees. He's pastoring every day on that job. He's pastoring all these people that are never going to church. He's pastoring all of these men that are under him that don't have that, that don't have that. And 
think we have to give acknowledge and appreciate people that are out there invading and transforming culture um, and not just sitting around in small groups talking about, you know, whatever needs to happen. We have to be about it. We can't just talk about it. You got to show up. You got to, you know, again, if we just did some simple things to invade culture, said, we're not going to do big media. We're not going to do big pharma. We're not going to do big box. We're not going to do big bank. We're not going to do big tech, right? Making a massive impact. Just those, those things right there. If you said no to those big things, we would start making a greater impact on our culture, but also invading and stop thinking, oh, I'm just, I'm just working at a bank. I'm just working at a school. I'm just a stay home mom. That's a big deception. It's not just you have authority, you have anointing, and we can't underestimate the impact that we can have on society. Look at what's happening to cities and city council because they're on the board because there isn't Christians in the system. Let me tell you right now, if Christians were leading in the school system, schools would be open right now. Yeah. That's just the reality. So now what do we do? Yeah. So I, I need to let you go soon. I really want to get in, um, your input on this though, before I let you yeah, go. Yeah. Happy to. So say you have a Christian who, yeah, they're involved with their church, but they're like, they get, they hear what you're saying and they're like convicted. Yes, I need to start influencing my city, my, my neighborhood, whatever it might be. What's a good step, right? Yeah. What's a good step that they could take? Somebody who's not used to going to their school board meetings and things like mm -hmm. that. Are, mm -hmm. what, what are a couple that you would recommend that people could start stepping out? In. Yeah, I would say first and foremost, if you can't go to in-person meetings, send emails and phone calls. Anyone can do that. Okay, so you send email and phone calls to voice what you want to happen in your community. So that's first and foremost. Second, support the people that are doing something. Reach out to them and say, hey, what's going on? What do you need? How can I support you? That might be a city council member. That might be a business owner, but partner with the pioneers say, Hey, I see you're already doing this. I see you're already on this mountain. How can I come alongside of you? You know, they may say, Oh my gosh, I need help with emails. I need help with fundraising. You don't know. Right. So if you are not too many people think they need to be the founder, the president, no, no, no. You need to be the cast. And so what is your supporting cast role in this, do you have a building you can lend? Do you know, do you have money to donate? There's so many things. What is in your lane? And I say, what is your skill set? Don't try to do something outside of your gifting, outside of your wheelhouse. Say, oh, I have this skill set. I could offer this to this nonprofit. I could offer this to this. But everyone should be calling and emailing, no matter what mountain you're on. You should definitely be taking a stand in your rate it is. Everyone should be praying. Go walk your downtown and pray once a week. Find one other person to say, hey, let's go stop at all the small businesses and just pray over them. Hey, let's have prayer every Wednesday on our main street. Let's go pray at our police station. Let's go pray. I have a massive heart for that. So getting people to pray, maybe that's your gifting. You're an intercessor. You know, you're prophetic. Okay, we'll start gathering people at the city hall, at the county, at the court, at the police station, at the small businesses. Um, that's I remember Mike and Cindy Jacobs, the greatest business advice they ever gave me was, do you have intercessors? Christian businesses don't succeed because they don't have intercessors. 
And so I just think about that with everything. Our cities won't succeed. Our city council won't succeed without intercessors. So I would say that's on the spiritual end of things is getting people to pray. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't, you don't need a website, literally grab one or two people and go show up and go pray and make decrees and in your region. So that would be another one. Um, and maybe you are called to run for office. Check it out. See if there's seats coming available. Ask God to confirm that to you. You know, is there an area of your society you could get in? Can you teach in the schools? Can you tutor? You know, can you work at a small business? And, and again, in your passion lane, because if you're passionate about it and if you're gifted at it, it's not going to feel hard. It's There's going to be a lot of grace on it. So those would be my couple things off That's the great. bat. That's great. Yeah. Are there any... Um, organizations or websites or anything that you know that would be helpful for people who want to get started doing basic activism, stuff like this? Mm -hmm. Hmm. You know, I'm not really sure about sites. I guess it depends on the area of society. I know there's a lot of like reopen movements, like how do we get cities open, schools open, businesses open. Um, so if that's a passion of yours, you could plug into that. Um, prayer ministries, there might already be something with, especially if it's like the churches in the area are that's the best way. That's brilliant. Um, and you may just start reaching out and say, Hey, do you guys have something poke around on websites? You know, as much as I believe we need to take national things, you know, we have to steward our own cities and our own counties first. And, and you it's, you know, what does the Bible say? Some are called to 10, some are called to hundreds, some are called to thousands. And so I think you have to ask, what do I need to do in my city, my County, my state, my, you know, whatever that is and really own that. But this is my opinion out here trying to fix DC, but your own city is burning. You know, your own neighborhood is burning. I think we need to take authority where we have proximity um, and take care of our own, our home team, you know, as well. So I think try to find um, the nonprofits in your, is there a pregnancy center in your area? Is there an anti-trafficking organization in your area? You know, those, those would be great things that you can get plugged into and um, support as well. So I'd say probably those things individually, Sometimes you'll find those things, I think, through the church. Um, you might find them through larger organizations. I can't really think of any off the top of my head. That's a great idea. Um, but I think your local anti-trafficking, your local pregnancy centers, your local you know, homeless shelters, your local uh, small businesses, because those people are going to know. Those people are already connected and going to say, oh, yeah, this person. Oh, yeah, this project. So I think you know, serving those people and asking, what can I can I do, you know, yeah. can I pray for you? How can I show up for you? And they will tell you my mayor, my city council, they're like, Oh yeah, please send this email. Please call, please talk to so-and-so, you know, they, they need that support. So I would say be ready for them to tell you uh, what they need, whether that's in the church or in a business or in the city council or in the school system, um, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Okay. Well, Chrissy, thanks so much for joining us today and for sharing some of your story and your heart. Yeah. I really love what you're doing and um, yeah, keep it up. Thank you. I so appreciate it. I'm excited for people to catch something. I just feel like people are listening. And um, I do feel like there's been some people that are listening that have felt stuck. You feel like there's just too much going on in the world and it feels unsolvable or unfixable. Or you feel like I don't have the support system to do that. I don't have the capacity. I don't have the backbone to do that. And I just want whoever's listening. It may be one person. It may be 500. That is a lie. You need to deal with the lie so you can be effective. 
have limiting beliefs that have partnered with a lie that it's too big, it's too much, and they're not enough. And that is really holding you back. And so I just want to break that off. Whoever's listening, that you are enough, you are anointed, you do have what it takes. And even if it's something behind the scenes, it matters in the kingdom. We can't be all about the accolades and the followers and the bigness of things. And so be okay with where God is planning you, where he's called you, the impact that you're having. Um, even people, I feel like there's someone on here that's working in foster care, um, something along that realm. And it's so unseen and it's so tireless. And God is saying to keep going. And thank you for letting me share transparently yeah. like this. So just, um, you know, or maybe someone feeling called to do something in the foster care system. I just see that picture strongly in my mind. And um, that might be a confirmation for someone. And don't underestimate who's inside of you to make an impact. It's not about our flesh. It's not about truly Jesus in us that is going to have that impact on the world around us. So don't stop. Don't quit. Have a backbone. That's what I would say to believers. Please stand up. The world is extreme. The left is extreme. Okay. Feminism is extreme. And so we as believers need to raise our being extreme to that. We can't sit here quiet and passive while they're raging and they are extreme in their belief and their religion needs to get louder. Biblical moral values need to get louder. Pastors, prophets, we have to get louder because they're loud. So we can't be quiet while they're loud. We have to raise the bar and make sure that the truths of the word, the gospel truth of Jesus, biblical, moral, traditional values, that we are being just as loud, if not louder, about those things and not bow to that culture. That's great. That's great. Chris, why don't you share with everybody where they can find more of you, your Instagram stuff and your podcast, yeah. all that. Happy to. So <laughs> because of cancel culture, mostly because of my children, my Instagram is private, but it's Chrissy loves America. But if you drop me a DM and say, Hey, I listened to you on this podcast, that's fine. But you do have to drop it. I have thousands of requests that I do not approve because I don't have time to go through. But if you drop me a DM, I would be happy to have you on there. It's Chrissy loves America. Again, if you type my name in on I, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, any interviews I've been on will come up on YouTube as well. And um, our business is EcoChic Inc. on Instagram. It's just EcoChicLife.net. Um, again, we're like a holistic target. We ship every single day. So if you're into anything holistic, organic, or sustainable, um, I also have a book called Healing Through Wisdom, and that is available on Amazon as well as on our website. So those would be great ways that you can um, connect with us and support what we're doing, which I greatly appreciate. Great. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, happy to. Thank you so much.